0: How I explain it is I say the token is like a key to a door which allows us access to the legal prescription. So the token's not the legal prescription, it's just the direction of where that prescription is and allows us to, to access it. And that individual token is for an individual prescription. And the ASL, the script List, is like a key to the house with all the doors inside. So it's not just one door, it gives us access to their full list of, of tokens. And they really understand that very easily, the, the concept of a key to an individual door versus a key to a house with a whole lot of doors. I've had very few people not understand the concept of their ASL. Hi, I'm Andrew Robinson from Amcal Pharmacy in Taronga, and you're listening to the Pharmacy, Business and Career Network Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy, Business and Career Network Podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership. The PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way.
1: The rollout of electronic prescriptions is a once in a generation change to community pharmacy and has changed the way we interact with our customers. The first electronic prescription token was dispensed just over a year ago and there are now over 7 million tokens transmitted. The next phase in the rollout of electronic prescriptions is the ability for patients to have their electronic prescriptions dispensed at the pharmacy of their choice without having to present a token. This is known as the Active Script List, and today we welcome two guests to the show to discuss this new capability, both from a rollout point of view and an implementation view from within a pharmacy. Andrew Robinson is a pharmacist and proprietor of two Melbourne pharmacies, while Brad McCulloch is from the Australian Digital Health Agency, working in the Medicine Safety Program within the Digital Programs and Engagement Division. Let's hear from Brad first. Brad, welcome to the show. Electronic prescriptions, they've been in operation in parts of Australia for over a year now. Can you give us a little bit of an idea where we are in Australia in terms of the overall rollout?
2: As of the 15th of June, we've had 54 uh, software product versions across 35 different software um, brands listed on the agency's electronic prescribing register of conformance. And across Australia, we've had nearly 9 million electronic prescriptions that have been issued. And and geographically, we've seen really widespread distributions with the prescriptions both having been issued and dispensed across almost all metropolitan and regional areas. There's also been some surprisingly high use in some remote areas, notably Kalgoorlie. Um, At this stage, though, electronic prescriptions are mainly being issued in general practice rather than via hospitals and aged care facilities.
1: And most pharmacies are now quite experienced with receiving and dispensing tokens, and they're getting used to implementing these into their daily workflows when they're interacting with patients and other staff members in a pharmacy. Can you tell us a little bit more about active script lists and how these extend upon electronic prescription tokens?
2: The active script lists are pretty literally named, these are a list of a consumer's active scripts. So it's important to note that an ASL may not show every medicine that a consumer is using. It's just the ones with an active script at that point in time. It's an important step, though, because the ASL gives the doctor or the pharmacist access to the information, including access to the legal prescription by virtue of their relationship with the customer. So there's, there's no paper, no tokens on a phone or email, just the consumer's consent for you to access information to provide care for them. That's a huge way, huge change to the way healthcare works in Australia with pharmacy potentially leading the way on a, on a really significant paradigm shift.
1: So Brad, over the last year, we've seen the rollout of tokens and now the active script list. Can you tell us what is next on the electronic prescription horizon?
2: We've still got some work to do to fully roll out active script list across Australia. There's currently seven dispense systems that have been registered as conformant to provide active script list functionality. But there's no geographically constrained rollout for ActiveScriptList. And um, ActiveScriptList is being rolled out basically when, when pharmacies and when their supporting software systems are, are ready to do so. The next big step is, is the jump to Conformance Profile 3, which was released in April 2021 and introduced a range of new features to the electronic prescribing ecosystem. So, Conformance Profile 3 extends ActiveScriptList functionality to prescribing systems but it also introduced a suite of new functions from mobile apps. But importantly, Conformance Profile 3 also introduced the concept of a chart to the electronic prescribing ecosystem, and a, and a chart binds medicines together to a collection so that they can be more readily considered as a group. So the agency is currently supporting a number of software developers uh, to increase availability and adoption of electronic prescribing, and, and focusing on a, achieving a, an implementation across a broader range of providers, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's mostly been focused on general practice today. Uh, we've recently closed an industry offer uh, to provide support to software developers, including mobile app developers, to implement this, this final form of electronic prescribing, this Conformance Profile 3. And last but not least, we're working with state and territory health departments on the best way to implement electronic prescribing in hospitals. Initially, we're concentrating on discharge medicines, outpatients, and emergency clinics, but basically any settings where a a patient might uh, want to get medicine supplied by a community pharmacy.
1: Lots of interesting developments on the horizon there, Brad. So, Brad McCulloch, thanks for joining us and updating us on the agency's work and support in implementing active script lists.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you.
1: Andrew, welcome also to the show. Your pharmacy is in Melbourne, which is one of the first locations. To be ASL enabled. You've had some experience registering patients to their active script list. What has that been like so far for you and the pharmacy?
0: It's been a real privilege to be involved in trialling all these digital developments, and it's exciting to see that it's um, come to life and see the benefits for the patients and our pharmacy. The active script list of all the trialling that we've done so far has been the most, what I'd call, match ready. Um, as with the other early releases, we've had to help give a lot of feedback to software providers to iron out practical issues. And not so much the technical, but just the day-to-day use of of the software and the integration with the technology. Whereas the ASL has been very straightforward. Um, It's been very um, easy transition, especially from the tokens. And it's really complemented the token model and actually made it easier to um, help many of our customers who really did struggle with just using the tokens. Um, we had a patient come in with a token uh, that, when he opened it, he said it said was already dispensed, um, but he was sure that he still had uh, an active token. Um, we had a quick search through his SMS, and we didn't find his new token. Um, he wasn't a regular, so I couldn't check his dispense history to see if we had any history in our dispense local system that could tell us, you know, where he was up to. Which we often do with our regular patients. You know, someone will come in and say, like, "Oh, Andrew, I thought I had this," and we can tell them when they had it, how many repeats they had left. So we couldn't do that with this guy. And um, so I suggested to him we could look at all his electronic scripts if he was okay with that. Um, and I got his, his ID and his Medicare card, uh, got his details, and then um, we put, put that into the system, uh, re- sent him a request for access. And within a minute, we had um, his list of his – well, he only had the one token, but we had his valid token. And he was genuinely wrapped. Like it just saved him a whole lot of mucking around trying to work out what he'd done with the token, whether it was in an email, whether it was in SMS, whether he deleted it, whether he'd had to contact the doctor again, uh, whether he had to go back to the original pharmacy where he got it. So he was, he was a, a really um, pleased patient. Uh, and whilst it was only a simple example of one patient with one token, the active script list was still very um, useful to, to help navigate that for that patient.
1: Well, it's great to hear about how it has been easy so far for you and the team and also some of the challenges with the tokens. It's great to hear that you're able to sort that out on the spot for the patient, but it does highlight that patients were only just beginning to get used to electronic prescription tokens and now we're introducing them to another method of receiving their prescriptions. How do you explain the active script list to your patients in the pharmacy?
0: People are very accepting of change and and they do adapt. And I think we've seen that, particularly the pandemic, but um, the technology is not that um, foreign to patients. They use QR coding for a whole range of things these days. Uh, And we've been explaining it um, as uh, the Active Script List, we've been explaining that as an extension of the e-scripts. So how I explain it is I say the token is like a, a key to a door which allows us Access to the legal prescription. So the token is not the legal prescription. It's just a, a, a direction of where that prescription is, allows us to, to access it. Uh, and the and that individual token is for an individual prescription. And the ASL, the active script list, is like a key to the house with all the doors inside. So it's not just one door. It gives us access to their full. Um, full list of of tokens. And they really understand that very easily, the the concept of a key to an individual door versus a key to a house with a whole lot of doors. Uh, And I've had very few people not understand the concept of their ASL.
1: Which patients do you think are going to benefit most from having an active script list? And what's the process you're using with these patients to get them signed up?
0: I think all patients can benefit from the active script list as it's demonstrated with my example before. He was young, he was tech savvy, he only had one med, um, but it solved his particular issue at the time. So I think it has broad base use. However, it would be most beneficial um, when you come up with patients with a lot of prescriptions where tokens are just overwhelming, they're confusing and, and the patients are getting muddled with it. And we've seen that a lot with the transition away from paper scripts to electronic scripts at the start of the token model. Um, As for signing up, I prefer to call it setting up. Uh, I feel that signing up makes it sound like you're trying to lock someone into something uh, or they're obligated to it. Uh, So I always um, phrase it as setting up um, because it is something they can opt in and opt out of. They can turn off and on. I suggest to them that it would allow us to help them manage their e-prescriptions and that they can just ask us for what they want or we can check what they have on on their um, active script list at the current time and then dispense it if they need it. If it's a patient who is not familiar to us, then we need to, you know, be a bit more diligent with checking their ID um, it is um, a really powerful tool and we need to treat it as such uh, when we explain we need their consent um, that they will receive an SMS and they need to respond to it um, we generally do it with the patient while they're there to make sure that they've done it correctly because if they don't hit the response the correct response we're not going to have access and again sometimes especially some of the oldies who might find um, responding to those SMSs is a little confusing um, we just like to do it with them there and then and it is so quick um, the the message goes out instantaneously so it can be done in real time and i find that way at least then you're not having to go back and check it later um, you can check that it's it's done and uh, working straight away
1: sounds really easy, seamless. You're able to help people on the spot in the pharmacy and that gives them a lot of comfort. But something that some people are maybe a little bit uncomfortable around is privacy. So Andrew, obviously there are considerations for patient privacy and consent to access an ASL. Pharmacists, clearly they need to make sure that they are taking appropriate steps to verify the identity of the patient before accessing their ASL. Tell us, how does that work in the pharmacy day-to-day?
0: Privacy is paramount in pharmacy. We're used to being privileged to have a lot of access to a lot of very personal information for patients. And so with the active script list, there is no real foreign concept there for, for pharmacy. I think it is important though we don't get Um, complacent and blasé about people's privacy. This is another powerful tool that we've been um, given access to uh, for the benefit of the patient but also for the benefit of the pharmacy in some of the efficiencies we can get from using such powerful tools. Um, But we we do need to really make sure that we are observing the process of of identifying the patient and the privacy associated with um, getting that access. So we, are, we explain it with the active script list that they're only consenting to our pharmacy accessing their scripts. It's a really important point to highlight to the patient that this active script list um, is being accessed by us at the pharmacy. No one else can see it unless they consent to another pharmacy seeing it. And that they can give us consent um, for standing consent, which is say our regulars versus that gentleman that came in on the occasion, the one-off non-regular could give us consent just for 24 hours Um, and making sure patients understand that as well can can give them comfort that there is security around the access to, to the active script list. We only offer active script list request to patients we know who we do manage a lot of their prescriptions for anyway we've already uh, identified to us they're the sort of patients we would be happy to sign a a statutory declaration for with um, you know verifying that we've known them for more than 12 months Um, and those sort of patients where they're they're familiar to us um, we still obviously have to make sure we've got the correct information that we've got the correct Uh, phone number to send them the SMS to, that their Medicare number is correct, that all their details are correct. So it's a good opportunity to just recheck the information we already have on those patients. Um, And if it's not a regular patient that's not, known to us. then making the appropriate checks with a driver's license or passport um, and obviously their Medicare card is key to um, creating their um, individual health identifier link. So, you know, using a bit of common sense around um, people's expectation of privacy um, and making sure we're identifying uh, patients appropriately.
1: Andrew, you're a fair way down the path with ASL. So finally, what advice would you give to any pharmacies that are beginning to offer patients an active script list?
0: I think all pharmacies should embrace these developments as each bit of these technological rollouts makes the rest easier. They complement each other. And ultimately, the consumer is expecting us to keep relevant to what they want and keep up to date with the technology available. Some uh, patients couldn't care less and they like their paper and they're going to do it the same way that they've always done it but plenty can't believe that's taken so long to have digital systems and digital prescriptions in pharmacy given that our industry has been using computers for so long we were one of the first industries to become computerized um, well and truly ahead of other industries so it's taken us a long time to evolve to this next phase of this digital interface with the individual patient rather than just data record keeping in the pharmacy.
1: Andrew, great chat. Thanks so much for joining us on the show and sharing your pharmacy's experiences and also your advice around Active Script Lists.
0: You're very welcome, Daniel. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Brad and Andrew, for your insights into the Active Script List. It's clear that This will certainly be a benefit to patients taking multiple medications and also create better convenience and flexibility in the way they receive their prescriptions. For further information about electronic prescriptions, head to the Australian Digital Health Agency website, digitalhealth.gov.au, as well as the Pharmacy Guild of Australia's electronic prescription hub at guild.org.au forward slash resources forward slash automation forward slash digital hyphen health forward slash digital health. There are also many more training opportunities on Guild Ed for both pharmacists and pharmacy assistants. Simply visit guilded.guild.org.au for more information. I've been your host Daniel Oyston and you've been listening to episode 77 of the PBCN podcast.
0: The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.